guys, what's going on, man? Welcome back to another Arsenio's ESL podcast and another TOEFL ITP reading episode. Today is finally Technique Building Day. We already did an episode of, well, five episodes of a practice test for the reading. And so a lot of you, especially my Indonesians, I see you guys on my blog. I hear you. That's why I'm doubling down. I'm making sure I put a lot of ITP stuff out there for you because I know that ITP is huge in specific countries. So here I am today giving you some good old reading techniques, all right? So obviously you guys are going to see this on YouTube. You guys see this on the Facebook page, which probably won't get that many views. And that's perfectly fine. Uh, but it's the blog and the YouTube video that does phenomenally well. So with that being said, man, I'm very excited about this. Let's hurry up and switch this bad boy over. What we have here and what we're going to be talking about is answering main idea and main topic questions. Okay. Now, I think I've done this before with IBT. It's a little similar, but this is going to go hand in hand with both ITP takers and IBT takers. Why? It's because you need to understand details. You need to understand specific details versus main ideas, right? And that's what I'm going to be coaching you on. So for everyone who's listening to me on my podcast, it goes a little something like this. We have five bullet points. S means too specific. G means too general. X means incorrect. I means irrelevant and C is correct. So this is a little bit crazy. Okay. But I'm going to guide you through this. And then we're going to check out about four other questions. This blog is available on the ArsenioBuckShow.com. So check it out if you want to do it. And the answers are on the second page. So make sure you scroll down a little bit more. You're going to see page one and page two. Click on page two, see what your answers are and make sure you got that C correct. Okay, the C is the most important thing, but understanding how this goes, you guys are going to be able to zoom past that first question, the first question of the five sections you get on TOEFL ITP because you know exactly what it is. You know what specific is versus this, you know what irrelevant is versus too general, et cetera, et cetera. So with that being said, let me recite this paragraph out loud for all my listeners. There are two main types of cell division. Most cells are produced by a process called mitosis. In mitosis, a cell divides and forms two identical daughter cells, each with an identical number of chromosomes. Most one-celled creatures reproduce by this method, as do most of the cells in multi-cell plants and animals. Sex cells, however, are formed in a special type of cell division called meiosis. This process reduces the number of chromosomes in a sex cell to half the number found in other kinds of cells. Then, when the next cells unite, or I'm sorry, when the sex cells unite, they produce a single cell with the original number of chromosomes. So what is the main topic of the passage? What we have here are three potential answers. The number one is the method by which one-celled organisms reproduce. The second bullet point is a comparison between mitosis and meiosis. And the number three, meiosis, the process by which identical cells are produced. So what I ended up doing is, you know, I don't want to go into that, but again, what we have to do is look at the first sentence, right? 
and it says there are two main types of cell division. Most cells are produced by a process called mitosis. Okay, so mitosis. And what is mitosis? In mitosis, it gives us an example of how it divides and forms different daughter cells. Then it goes on to say in the next sentence, most one-celled creatures reproduce by this method. More example, example. Sex cells, however, are formed in a special type of cell division called meiosis. So the main topic, two main types of cell division, mitosis, meiosis, followed by examples for both. Now, if I look at the bullet point number one, it says the method by which one-celled organisms reproduce. That is the specific detail for mitosis. That is not the main topic of the passage. Now, the second bullet point, a comparison between mitosis and meiosis. And then you have meiosis, the process by which identical cells are produced. Again, another specific detail. So I've actually color-coded some things as you guys see on video. And I wrote down that description that I literally just recited out loud for you in that purple area. But get what I'm saying here. The method by which one cell, that's mitosis. Meiosis, that's another, right? But the thing is, those are two details, right? Those are two little small details. So that number two there, a comparison between both mitosis and meiosis, that is the main topic of the passage. All right. So again, um, what I want you guys to do is understand how this works and understand the, uh, the five different steps, right? So what I'm going to do is I'm going to walk you through this, okay? And I'm going to walk you through this with this next number two, right? Now, I'm going to have to recite this out loud for all my people who are listening to the podcast. The last gold rush belongs as much to Canadian history as it does to American. The discovery of gold along the Klondike River, which flows from Canada's Yukon Territory into Alaska, drew some 30,000 fortune hunters to the north. The Yukon became a territory, and its capital of the time, Dawson, would not have existed without the gold rush. The gold strike furnished material for a dozen of Jack London's novels and inspired Robert Service to write The Shooting of Dan McGrew and other poems. And it provided the background for the wonderful Charlie Chaplin movie, The Gold Rush. It also marked the beginnings of modern Alaska. So the author's main purpose in writing is to, what is it? exactly trying to outline. So let's understand the paragraph, okay? The last gold rush belongs, okay? It belongs to Canadian American. Discovery of gold, Klondike River. Flows from Canada to Alaska. All right, Yukon Territory. Capital of the time, Dawson. Gold rush, gold strike. Jack London's novels, inspired by Robert Service, the shooting of Dan McGrew, other poems, da-da-da-da-da, Charlie Chapman movie, The Gold Rush. It also marked the beginnings of modern Alaska. So again, this, the primary focus is what? Now let's go into the answers. Discuss the significance, okay? The significance of mining in Canada and the United States. Again, what you want to do is obviously find, find the answer. But we know it's like, wait, the significance of mining? 
Okay, where was mining actually mentioned? Okay, uh, wouldn't have existed. Okay, furnished material. There we go. I guess the furnished material is the only part, whereas it talks about mining in a very indirect way. So that is too general. Okay, so get that out of here. So then you have the number two. Okay, show the influence of Klondike gold strike on creative arts. So where's the Klondike gold strike? It's right here. It says the gold strike furnished material for a dozen of Jack London's novels, okay? So creative arts, novels, that kind of falls, you know, hand in hand. But that's a specific detail, isn't it? That's not the main purpose. The main purpose is to point out the impact of the Klondike gold strike. There it is. This is how you find that main purpose. Do you guys get what I'm saying? So what we have, let's do another one. Let's do another one. We got some time and I'll let you guys do number four and number five on my blog and you can check the answers, okay? So I'm going to recite this out loud again. The Keystone Arc, I think it's Arc, Arch, Arch is like in your foot. The Keystone Arc was used by almost every early civilization to build a Keystone Arc. Stones are cut so that the opposite sides taper toward each other slightly. Now, I did mess up in a little bit, like, like with the periods and stuff, but who cares? Anyways, the upper and lower surfaces are carved so that when several stones are placed side by side, the upper and lower surfaces meet in smooth, continuous curves. Some form of scaffolding is built under the arc and shaped to accept the curve underside of the stones. Then the stones are fitted in place one by one. The, not they keystone, oh my God, let me hurry up and delete this. This looks like hell. You guys are probably looking at it. You're like, what is going on here? And my MacBook just freezes like crazy too. So who knows if this is even gonna work. Boom, it works. The keystone is the top center stone, the last to be dropped into position. Afterwards, the scaffolding is removed and the arc is self-supporting. So the passage mainly concerns the, so let's break down this paragraph again, just as I did. Okay, and again, yes, I know you guys are going to be going over about what the, like five, three paragraphs within that passage. I completely understand, okay? But again, just do the technique that I am showing you right now, and you're going to be good. Now, the Keystone Arc, used in early civilization to build the Keystone Arc. Stones are cut, tapered toward the upper lower surfaces of the Keystone, upper and lower surfaces, smooth. This is just a whole bunch of ways in how it was used and how they created it. Some form of scaffold, uh, scaffolding is built under the arc and shaped to accept the curved underside of the stones and the stones are fitted in one place. The keystone is the top. Okay, it's the process to how you make a keystone. That's all there is to it. So, oh, and I didn't even look at the answers, but I said the answer, oh God, this happens all the time. Okay, that's what I was getting by reading at that and without even looking at the answers, that's what I was getting. I was like, okay. Well, it does this. Okay, process number one, number two, number three. Then it does this. Then you put it right side up and then top center, blah, blah, blah. Oh, it sounds like a process to me. And the first answer, I'm sorry, the first potential answer, which is the answer, is basic principles of building keystone arches. I think it is arch, not arcs, because if you say it in plural, you cannot say arcus. So yeah, arches, I completely mispronounced the word A-R-C-H. Who cares? Kill me. Anyways, and the next one, what I'm going to tell you guys real quick is 
uses of arches in modern architecture. Do you see that anywhere? How are they used in modern, modern architecture? No, that's irrelevant. It's not even there. It's like a not given in IELTS, right? So, and then the last one is role of scaffolding in building keystone arches. So some form of scaffolding, uh, scaffolding is built uh, under the arch and shaped to accept the curve underside of the stones. It goes into a little bit more. These are just small supporting details, S. Do you guys follow me? So there it is, people. I did number two for you. I did number three for you. Now you have number four, number five. Write your answers down on the blog or in the comment section. Again, I'm going to literally, here it is. Okay, so for those of you watching right now, what you can do is pause the video, look at, what is it? You have the paragraph, you have the question, and you have the three choices. Pause it, do some work, write down a couple of things, then you can comment and then go on to the next part, okay? So now I'm going to go to the next one, all right? And this is the last one, okay? Pause it, look at a couple of things, all right? Okay, Arsenio, here go my answers. Okay, let me go to the blog. Yeah, I got it. You understand what I'm saying? We're gonna make this as interactive as possible. So guys, all right. Now, of course, you could hit that pause button at any time. For those of you listening to me in my podcast, make sure you go on over there and follow me on Instagram and everything. And man, I just want to say thank you, thank you, thank you so, so much for tuning, tuning, tuning in to my wonderful ass ESL podcast, my TOEFL ITP video. I know a lot of you are going to love this. Oh, there are five more questions, but it's on my TOEFL ITP badge. So if you are interested in coaching and exclusive material and getting all this exclusive material because you're getting ready to take the test, I'm your guy. Reach out to me. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. And in saying that, again, if you guys want the additional material, come holla at your boy. That means come talk to me. Terrible slang. And with that being said, thank you so much for tuning in to another ESL podcast and live video and YouTube video, whatever it may be. Who cares? I'm your host as always, and you better stay tuned for more Over and Out.